Let's go. Here we go. Let's go. Presented by Hertz. Jim Gray here. We've got Tom Brady. We're brought to you by Hertz. You can change the scenery without ever changing your standards. That's right. No matter where you are with Hertz, you'll always find exactly the right vehicle to make your let's go moment unforgettable. Visit Hertz.com to book today. Hertz. Let's go. Tommy, you've retired since we last spoke. How's retired life? You know, I've done it once before, so I've got to figure this out and get good at this, actually. You know, it's uh, it's all pretty new. So, you know, my, my friend says, the future happens a day at a time. And I think with any great chapter that ends, there's another great opportunities ahead. And I look forward to exploring a lot of, a lot of other parts of life that have been uh, put aside for a time being. And, you know, um, I'll feel some different things, I'm sure, as things go along. But you know, I'm doing great in a great space and excited for what's ahead. How much has this been weighing on you? And is it a relief? I think there's a lot, a lot of emotions. You know, I think relief just because there's a, a little bit of a decompression slash depressurization. I don't think for, you know, 32 years you've been getting ready to prepare for another season. And I think the reality of that probably hasn't even sunk in yet. So I don't know how I'll feel as, as those moments get closer to a degree. But I'm really happy and content with uh, with kind of where we're at. It's a very special edition of Let's Go, uh, Tommy. Today we've got Bill Belichick, your coach at New England, who you won six Super Bowls with. Uh, we've got Peyton Manning going to stop by, uh, your biggest rival and great competitor, now a dear friend. He's going to be on the program with us today. We're going to have a stop by. A uh, few folks are going to stop by. Some will be a surprise. Won't surprise you with Rob Gronkowski. The Gronk will be with us. And uh, Patrick Mahomes will join us uh, for a brief moment uh, as he gets ready for the Super Bowl. But some of your heroes and some of your friends and uh, people who love you the most, your mom and dad will stop by uh, as well at the end of the program. Our program is brought to you by USAA. USAA was started in 1922 by a group of soldiers who made it a promise to always take care of their own. And after 100 years, USAA is still serving the military and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. USAA! Tom, it seems to me that physically you can still play. That it's, it's emotional and it's, it's your body can do it, but your heart and your mind um, have had enough. Would that be accurate? No, that's not accurate. <laughs> I think there's no? a part of me that... Uh there's always going to be a part that wants to play and a part of me that, you know, feels like I can play. I think there's just a decision to know that it's the right time. So I think for me, it's more of just a, uh, it's going to end at some point And I think now's the time. And uh, it's not that I can't do it. It's not that I wouldn't want to do it. It's not that I wouldn't be excited to play. I love playing football. It's I've loved playing football since I was, you know, a kid on the street on Portola drive. So I think it's just a decision that it's time to do other things. The point I was trying to get to was you said you'd leave when you suck, but you don't suck. <laughs> That's true. I did say that. And, uh, and I meant it at the time. That was so long ago. I, uh, I missed a few things in the meantime and certainly just have loved every experience that I've had doing it. And it doesn't always go right. I mean, I always tell this to my kids a lot. You know, it doesn't, it's not about whether you win or lose. It's about the process of trying to get the most out of yourself. And if you feel like you've done it, then there's a lot to be gained from it. And if you feel like you cheated that, then you feel like you've cheated yourself. And I think I've always wanted to maximize my ability as a player. And now I get to maximize my ability in life as a person and as a human and as a man and as a father and as a son and as a brother and as a, as a, as 
you know, a friend and, and as a teammate to different things going forward. So there's a lot of things to be excited about. And, you know, my hope is that I continue to do really, uh, you know, cool, inspiring, aspiring things in the future so that, you know, I really love seeing other people succeed as well. And that's going to be a big focus in the next chapter of my life. You just mentioned a lot in that whole mix. Is part of it being able now to try and find some balance in life instead of trying to figure out every moment of your life, or at least a lot of your life, how to throw a perfect spiral? Uh, that that actually a lot. There was a lot of simplicity in that, and just throwing a perfect spiral. And I think probably things will be a little more confusing as they go forward because I think football was such a stabilizing force in terms of structure and schedule and discipline. I think a lot of this will be quite new, and. Um, you know, I was joking. I got a bunch of texts from a lot of friends last week saying, oh, you're retired, blah, blah, give me a call. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm really busy still. I'm, I mean, there's still a lot of things for me to do. I'm not, I'm maybe retired from football, but that doesn't even start till August. So my life is still busy and, and that's okay. You know, I, we all have busy lives and I think it's just a reprioritization of different things. And just, I think for me, my family is, is a huge part of that, along with other things I've previously committed to. And um, trying to just approach every day, you know, with a fresh start and trying to navigate, you know, something a little bit different. Final thought on this. You've loved this virtually your entire life. How difficult will it be when not only to watch this Super Bowl, because you accept that because you're not in it, but how difficult will it be for you because of this love that you have? It's just not going to go away to not go out and throw the football and not want to see your teammates come, come spring training and then summer camp. This is what I know. I know if I want to go throw a football, I'm going to go out and throw a football. And that is never going to go away. It's almost like uh, I will definitely have opportunities to throw the football. They just won't be competitively under the lights in front of all those people. But um, it's what I've loved to do. It's In fact, that's probably what I love to do most about the game of football. Not only the preparation, but in the camaraderie with my teammates, which I know, but just the simplicity of, of throwing a football exactly the way that I want. The only way I can, you know, describe that to people is anyone who's golfed. You, you know, you go to the driving range and you hit a perfect seven iron. And it's like, well, doesn't that feel good? And you say, you're absolutely right. It feels good. How do I do it again? And that was my feeling always of throwing a football. So there's such just a simplicity of life. And I always think people who can bounce a ball or throw a ball. Life ends up being very simple if those are the things you enjoy in life because there's always more of that somewhere. And if you don't love that, man, things can be a little bit challenging. And, um, you know, I love, the, I love, you know, I love playing sports my whole life and I'm sure I'll love them until the day I die. So I'm sure at some point you're going to waver mentally. You're going to have the discipline to keep this or are you, are you, are you going to be like Muhammad Ali? <laughs> I'm not, you know, I, I know how I feel today and I'm very happy and, and uh, you know, what the future holds, who knows, but I, I don't ever envision it. And, you know, but again, I don't, I, I don't even want to leave the door open for people to say, Oh, don't breathe, blah, blah, blah. no, it's like, <laughs> I'm very content with where I'm at. Goats will be goats. <laughs> There's always some more grazing, but I think this time you've got it exactly yeah. right. Uh, and I like what you have to say. It's time. I, I think the game, from my perspective, uh, what a great ride this has been. And thank you for taking all of us with you because you've been inclusive. You've included all of us. You've included me, um, all of the fans who listen to this program, everybody who comes to the stadium, your family. You've put your arms around people 
instead of giving everybody the Heisman and pushing him off. So it's not going to be the same. Um, wasn't the same when Jordan left. Wasn't the same when Muhammad Ali left. Won't be the same now that you've left. Uh, but we can take solace that we were able to enjoy this ride. And boy, was it a lot of fun. And we're never going to see anything like it again. We hadn't seen it before, and we vote again. So thank you, Tommy. Thank you from me. And I want to speak, not for all of the fans, but for a lot of them who reach out to me and reach out to us. Um, thank you. And that's not sufficient. Well, thank you. And I would just, my response to that would be, it was my pleasure. And as many people as felt like uh, they were there enjoying it from me and watching me and learning, I was doing the same from them. I really was. This is about a, uh, you know, just a dream of mine to be able to fulfill and how lucky and blessed am I to have the love and support of the best family in the world. Parents that allowed me to dream and never held me back and grateful to everyone. It's the reality. And we're going to hear from those parents and we're going to hear from Peyton Manning. And up next is Bill Belichick. Our program is Let's Go. He's Tom Brady. I'm Jim Gray. We're brought to you by American Express. It's easy to get excited about going to the game, hearing that whistle, smelling the game day concessions. It's the stuff that reminds me of being there. And you know with Amex, they're going to be with you every step of the way. Because with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express, don't live life without it. Stay with us. Up next, Bill Belichick joins us on Sirius XM. Hey, everyone. I'm Jordan Schusterman. And I'm Jake Mintz. We're the hosts of Baseball Barbacast, a podcast here on the Sirius XM Network. Once the Super Bowl is over, that means it's still cold and still February. But after that, it's baseball season. And if you like diamonds and grass and bats and woods and home runs, boy, do we have good news for you. You can download the Baseball Barbercast on the SXM app, available with all of our trials and popular plans, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. Hot, hot, hike. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray, along with Tom Brady. We're going to be joined in just a moment by Bill Belichick. Our program is brought to you by K Jewelers. Valentine's Day is almost here. There's still time to find a gift that means more without spending more at K. Shop online at K.com and pick it up in store. Celebrate every kiss with K. Coach Bill Belichick, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you and Tom went to nine Super Bowls together. You celebrated six wins, 249 victories. Can you believe his career is over? Well, uh, you know, Tom's had just a tremendous career. Um, it was funny, you know, I was out at the East West game, uh, last weekend. And of course, you know, his Tom's pictures up there everywhere as a player in the game. And, you know, along with a lot of other hall of famers, I think they had like 70 hall of famers played in that game or something like that. Uh, but anyway, um, so, you know, that's kind of where it all started. You know, Michigan, the Orange Bowl, the East-West game, and, and uh, and you know, just the greatest player, the greatest career, uh, the great, great person. Uh, it's such an, an opportunity and an honor for me to, you know, to coach Tom. And uh, I, I guess I guess it's got in at some point, um, you know, but it, it, it's the greatest one ever. So congratulations, Tom. Appreciate it. Tom, what did Bill do to bring out the best in you? I think it's more what did he not do to bring out the best in me. He, uh, you know, everyone always says 
I was just very lucky. I mean, I think part of it, you know, I came into my uh, career and got drafted by the Patriots. I always joke, you know, I had no fucking idea where New England was when I got drafted. I mean, I flew into Providence, which really confuses you if you're coming from the West Coast because I'm like, Boston, oh, Providence. And, and uh, you know, it was Coach Belichick's first year there. And, you know, we came in together. And I always think for so many young players, you know, who's going to be there? Anybody could get drafted to a place. Who's going to turn you into something? Who's going to develop you? Who's going to take you under their wing? And sometimes it's a player that does it. And I definitely had a lot of players do that. And obviously, um, I had someone that really saw something in me that, you know, not a lot, a lot of other people did. And, you know, the, yeah, there were offensive coaches and so forth. But I think Coach Belichick and I developed an amazing relationship really from the moment I was drafted, but then really we got, we spent a lot of time together. You know, he started to begin to teach me really what football was all about, how to study defenses when I started to play, certainly. And uh, we'd have weekly meetings, sometimes once, sometimes twice. And I couldn't imagine a better teacher to, to say, hey, this is how we're going to play quarterback in the NFL. And this is the nuances of the game. And not only that, but I just, from his leadership, which is really one of his great, great qualities, you know, he, he showed up every day with a purpose. There was when he always joked, no days off, he meant it. You know, there was his ability to sustain even what he's still doing, you know, 23 years with the Patriots beyond that, you know, so many years in the NFL, but he's in there working in the office right now. You know, he's not out there golfing and I'm sure he has his moments for those things, but there are a lot fewer than what, you know, he could be doing, you know, he's, you know, you look at his stature and who he is and what his level of performance has been over a long period of time. He could be retired years ago. And the reality is he loves the sport. He loves teaching. He loves coaching. He loves competing and nobody's done it better than him. And I think what a blessing for me to, there's no way I have the success that I've had, you know, personally without him. And I'm very grateful for that. Jim Gray along with Tom Brady here on Let's Go, joined by Bill Belichick. Our program is brought to you by Golden Nugget Hotel and Casinos. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway, retreat weekend, or just a day of fun, Golden Nugget Hotel and Casinos offer the perfect destination for the ultimate getaway. Visit goldennugget.com to book your getaway today. What did you see in him, Bill? What did you see in him that others didn't when he got that ball when Drew Bledsoe went out or perhaps before, <laughs> yeah, no before in training camp? Point. Well, you know, I, I think it kind of started, uh, you know, senior year when, um, you know, Tom would start uh, every game and then and Michigan would do pretty good. And then, you know, Henson would come in and things usually didn't go so good. And then they bring Tom back at the end and, you know, they won most of their games. Then he had a great Orange Bowl game against Alabama. Um, and, you know, just based on the opportunity that he had and, and the way he played well in big games at big moments um, and kind of, you could see the upswing, the potential, um, you know, that he had uh, that that's kind of where it started. And then his rookie year, you know, Tom didn't play much um, three snaps or whatever it was, but he took leadership over that rookie class. And we had like 22 rookies and first year players that year. Um, and he would keep them out after practice. They'd run plays. He knew what everybody was supposed to do. So somebody made a mistake on the play. It wasn't run by the coaches. It was run by Tom. And you could see the leadership that he um, captured with the team, um, you know, just in those sessions uh, among his peers, which at that time were, you know, rookies and first-year players. And then, 
you know, after the first season, I brought in um, Damon Hewer because I felt like, you know, I wanted to have an experienced backup quarterback. And Tom beat him out in preseason. And so Tom was a backup quarterback. And and then when Drew got hurt, then uh, then it was really pretty much history until um, the, the St. Louis game, the Ram game. And, and that was the game where um, prior to that week, I split reps between uh, Tom and Drew. Uh, but Tom played the whole game, and I just felt like after the game that it was – I just couldn't do that. I had to give the starting quarterback the majority of the reps and that it would just be hard to play uh, well with only getting half the snaps. So at that point, I made Tom the starting quarterback, and um, that's the smartest decision I ever made, uh, maybe other than drafting him. So, um, you know, that was – and then it just got better from there. And, you know, Tom talks about how much he – taught I taught him in those meetings but you know I learned so much from Tom because I you know I I never played quarterback and I never saw the game through the quarterback's eyes I saw it through a coach's eyes and and what Tom would tell me that he saw and how he saw it it was incredible how during the game you know he'd come off and I'd say what happened on that play And, and he'd go through eight things that happened you know, tackle flash in front of me. This guy slipped. I saw the linebacker drop wide. Safety was a little deeper than I thought he would be. And, you know, then this guy stepped in front. I kind of put it a little bit behind him because I saw this other guy closing. And then you go back and look at the film, and, and every one of those things happened in the exact sequence that he explained it to you on the field coming off. I'm like, this guy sees everything. He sees the rush. He sees the coverage. He sees the routes. He sees the depths. Um, and he sees a lot of things pre-snap. And and when we had the meetings that Tom referred to, um, we would go over fundamentals. We'd go over game plans. We'd go over situational football, watch other teams play through situations. And and I remember so many situations that came up in games um, where Tom would refer back to, yeah, that's what we talked about, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when we watched the Detroit-Atlanta game or uh, yeah, that was, remember when they ran this play in this situation two years ago? I mean, the the memory and the capacity that Tom had to remember plays, situations, um, and and some, you know, finer points like hard counts and, you know, getting out of bounds plays and things like that from, from years before in the exact same situation and time frame was, was remarkable. And, you know, we all have decent memories, but to be able to process it that quickly in a matter of, literally seconds and split seconds on the field or during a timeout or, you know, going back on the field, you know, with however much time's left, like, yeah, this is what we talked about. This is that situation we had in training camp that, you know, we had 39 seconds and the ball was at midfield. Um, So those are the things that I learned from Tom as a quarterback was how to see the game as a quarterback instead of as a coach. And, um, you know, Tom would say, you know, I, I, you know, I can't see that. I'm not really looking at that. Like, okay, well, I'm going to stop coaching that then because if you can't see it, like nobody else is going to see it. So let's, let's see how you see the game and, and let me learn from you. And, and Tom was great about that. We had a, um, a really good relationship, um, especially in the film room and talking football and all that, that um, I'll, I'll always treasure. And I learned so much from uh, because, Nobody sees the game better than Tom Brady sees it or saw it. And, and I was so lucky to learn from him and his vision that, um, you know, no other coach will get that experience because it it was, I mean, it's incredible. So Tom, as time goes on, you you guys become tied together. 
Mm-hmm. You can't say Brady without thinking Belichick. You can't say Belichick without thinking Brady. And and this has gone on in sports, but usually it's with rivals. Usually it's Ollie and Frazier, um, Wilt and Russell. Uh, you have it a little bit uh, sometimes, Kobe and Shaq, their teammates. Uh, sometimes you also have it, Lombardi and Star. But when your name becomes so tied to your duo, your partner, what's that like? What's that like for you? And also for you, Coach Belichick, that you guys are now intertwined so much because of your accomplishment, your excellence, and your achievement, and the goals that you obtain will never be duplicated. I think for me, there's nobody I'd rather be associated with. And I think that from my standpoint, I think it's always such a stupid conversation to say, you know, Brady versus Belichick, because in my mind, that's not what partnerships are about. Coach couldn't play quarterback and I couldn't coach. And I think the best part about the best part about football is, and coach says it a lot, do your job. And he asked me to play quarterback. He didn't ask me to coach. And, you know, I didn't want him playing quarterback. I just wanted him to coach. <laughs> I'd seen him throw. So he definitely wasn't playing quarterback. He, uh, I think it was, it's, it's such a stupid, in my view, it was just people always trying to pull us apart. And I don't think we ever even felt that with each other. We never were trying to pull each other apart. We actually were always trying to go in the same direction. And I think when we were in New England for 20 years together, you know, it's tired. They get tired of writing the same story. So, you know, once they write all the nice things and championships and this, and then they just start going, well, this works. Let's start trying to divide them. And I think I didn't, I never really appreciated those, you know, ways that people would try to do that. He and I always had a great relationship and, we met all the time. And did we always see everything exactly the same way? Who does in life? You know, what close relationship can you have where everything goes, you know, like a bright, sunny day? No, there are moments that, you know, it was never intolerable. I mean, but it was always just, I would say, healthy debates about certain things. And we always talked about him face to face. And I think there's one thing I appreciate about Coach Belichick in life is he's not afraid to have a hard conversation, too. And we didn't always agree, but we always respected each other. I know he respected me for the job that I did, and I certainly did the same. And I think even when you go away from each other, you respect each other probably that much more. I certainly did because I realized the commitment that he was trying to make to get our team to win. And that's the purpose of sports is to try to go compete and win. And when you have someone that believes in winning as much as you do, you want to be a part of that. And when people try to get in the way of that, they become the enemy. So I always think the people that tried to drive us apart actually brought us closer together. You know, for me, um, and I, and I, I've always said this, Tom's heard it, you know, every year, time after time, players win games, players win games. You can't win games without great players and, um, and coaches can lose them. And if coaches don't give the players a good opportunity, put them, give them a chance where they can, have a fair fight and, and can win on their ability, then, you know, great players can't overcome bad coaching. So I always tried my best to put the team in position to win. Um, and look, that could be, you know, 10, 13, 10, like it was in the snowball, or it could be, you know, 34 to 28, you know, scoring 28 points in the second half or whatever it was in the Super Bowl. And, and, to me, my job was always give the team a chance to win, put together a good team. And, you know, Tom was the greatest player on many, many good teams that we had. But it's teams that win championships and and players that win championships, not coaches. Coaches keep from losing them. 
<laughs> try to keep from losing them. You got to give the players a chance to win. And, and we had, you know, a lot of great players. Uh, and, and I'd say the one thing about Tom that it was always impressive is how he was the target every week. He had the bullseye on his back every week and every week he came through and delivered. Uh, and it, it was similar to Taylor at, at the giants. Um, there's a guy that's targeted every week and, and Tom always found a way to make his players productive. And so it didn't matter who the receiver, who the tight end was, he could understand what, what would make Rob, you know, more successful. What make Troy Brown more so? What could Wes Welker do? Not what did I do with Troy that I want to do with Wes Welker, but how do I make Wes Welker successful? How do I make Randy Moss successful? Those players were all great players, but they were all very different and they had different skills and Tom could always bring out the best of their skills. So it was James White, um, uh, you know, running backs or whoever, whatever the position was, Kevin Falk. You know, he made all those players great by understanding what their strengths were and understood how to use their strengths. Um, and, you know, very similar to what Bill Russell talked about in terms of using the, the other teammates on the Celtics, you know, how to, how to get those guys shots, how to get those guys points. And I think of all the things that Tom was great at, which is a long, long list, um, his ability to make players around him better and more productive was ultimately his greatest skill. And there were times when we didn't have great tackles or we might have had a guy hurt on the offensive line. Well, then he got the ball out quicker. And those players never really, that matchup never really affected the game very much. I mean, all the years we went against Dwight Freeney, um, you know, a lot of blocking Dwight Freeney was getting rid of the ball before <laughs> Dwight Freeney could get there. I mean, he was a hard guy to block. And then Mathis on the other side. Uh, and there were games where we played, you know, the Carolina Super Bowl. I mean, honestly, God, that's as good of a defensive line as we've ever faced. But And Tom got hit a lot, but he got the ball out. And so it didn't matter whether it was the line, the receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, uh, you know, when it was uh, – you know, Corey Dillon and LeGarrette Blunt, they, he, he helped them be more productive in their roles. Um, and so ultimately, again, of all the things that Tom was great at, I think that was, you know, really his top quality was he made everybody around him better and utilized the skills that those players had and avoided the ones maybe that they weren't as good at. Our program is brought to you by Bank of America. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, even football fans can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. What would you like the power to do? Member FDIC as we continue with Bill Belichick. And I think one thing I just think from Coach Belichick's standpoint, I think you could look at Coach Belichick and probably a lot of people do. Oh, you know, an older coach and, you know, he's so fixed and, he comes across as so fixed. And the reality is he's very open and flexible to the changing times, the changing parts of the sports, how many times he adapted our offensive strategy with different playmakers and our defensive strategy. He was never fixed. This is what we do. We just run a three, four, we run a four, three, we run this front, we run. He's so flexible to, and looking ahead, what's happening in the college game. So that that's going to ultimately affect the pro game. What kind of players are happening in college? So I can begin to morph the incoming players to what their skill sets are. And I think all those things were such a, all things I learned from him. He had been in the league a lot longer than I had when I started, but man, how can you, you know, we started, let's say offensively with the Patriots, really a traditional two back offense. And then we got started to get, 
you know, we started to become more of a spread three receiver offense because we got some good players. And then we drafted a couple tight ends that were amazing. We became a two tight end offense comes the same base. And then it was just, a, a we continued to change and adapt. And I think the one thing that sports force you to do, certainly competitive sports is you change and adapt every year with what you strengths and weaknesses are, but certainly what your competition is too, but you've got to work at it and you've got to be open to it. And I think that that flexibility by coach Belichick always allowed us and me offensively to see the game a certain way too, that we could win with two tight ends. We could win with three tight ends. We could win with four receivers, you know, all dependent. And you need all those tools throughout the season because some weeks, fuck your tight ends get hurt and you got to go, you know, and sometimes your receivers get hurt and it's just, that's what adaptation is. And I think he taught me that from uh, the moment I walked in the door and he didn't care who was on the field. He expected us to win. There was an expectation performance and winning regardless of who was out there. Because in the end, so many people want to use excuses, whether it's in sports or in life, for this is why things didn't go well. And here are the myriad of excuses, which ends up all bullshit. Because in the end, no one wants to hear that. <laughs> they just want to hear, did you win or did you lose? And we were going to find a formula for winning as often as we can. And we didn't always win. Of course not. But it wasn't in the pursuit of not trying to win that I think the process for us was the most enjoyable part. There was always a formula to try to win. Coach, and you know, I think what's so interesting is is listening to you guys. Um, it, it just reminds me of how you treated Tommy like you treated everybody else on the team, even after you won the first, second, third Super Bowls, that he rose to become a superstar in the eyes of the public. But once he came into your building, he was one of those 53. And if you had to point out something, you pointed out something to him. And if you had to call him out, you called him out. Uh, can you just kind of take us through uh, your your inner thinking on that and, and the wherewithal that that takes to not allow somebody to get bigger than the organization because you're trying to win a game and it takes everybody. Yeah, you know, really, uh, Jim, that was as much a part of Tom as it was me, you know, because there were a couple meetings, uh, you know, where I would say something to Tom after the meeting, like, hey, you know, I didn't really, you know, think that was that bad, but I just want to include you and everybody in there with everybody else. And Tom would say, coach, you have to, if you don't yell at me, then what am I going to do with all the rest of my teammates? I got to be in there with all the rest of them and say, Hey, he's yelling at all of us. And like, we all got to do better, but if you leave me out of it, then, then I don't really have a platform to work from. So yeah, go ahead and rip my ass too. Go ahead. And so I got the green light on that. I went ahead and took it, but, and I think that players always, they always come back to me and say, Hey, the first meeting, Belichick got on Brady. I'm like, Christ, if he's going to talk to Brady like that, like I better be straight. I, you know, I know what's going to happen to me. And, and Tom's, you know, acceptance of that. And also then his ability to lead his teammates by putting himself in the same boat with everybody else of like, yeah, we all got to do a better job. You know, he's after me, just like he's after everybody else. Let's go. Um, that's a tremendous platform to lead from. And Tom recognized that. And yeah, you know, was he our best player? Did he make the fewest mistakes out there and all that? Yeah, but everybody can do better. Every coach, every player, no matter how great they are. And, you know, if you're really looking and striving for, for perfection, then we all want that. I want to be a better coach. Tom wants to be a better player, you know, and, and so does everybody else. You know, Law wants to be a better corner, and Logan Mankins wants to be a better guard and all that, and Rob Gronkowski wants to be a better tight end. And if you can tell him something to help him be better – a real competitor will appreciate that. And uh, and actually where I got that from was Coach Knight. And because Coach Knight told me that's what he did with Michael Jordan on the Olympic team. He said, you know, Michael, 
I'm going to rip your ass just like, cause I can't rip some of these other guys without ripping you. And Jordan said, Hey, bring it on. Cause I, that, I need that. And that'll help me with my teammates. And, and, uh, it, it was kind of a similar thing, you know, with Tom, he was, he told me he appreciated it. I don't know if he really sure or not appreciated it. It's Robbie G. <laughs> What's up, baby? Coach Belichick in here, too. Wow. How you guys doing? Hey, turn up. Hey, I hear the, Are you in your car? Oh, yeah, your I'm in car? my car. I'm, I was actually just on the highway. I just pulled over to hop on. So. <laughs> so we got a retirement party here. We're going to finish up with Coach Belichick. Hey, Coach, uh, that's Rob Gronkowski joining us. Coach, uh, do you have any advice for Tom as he goes forward now and, and – You've seen literally a thousand guys retired. They're going full speed, million miles a minute, and then all of a sudden they don't have football anymore. Uh, you've played golf with Tom. That you had that round at Pebble Beach, so you know what he's like on the golf course and whether that'll satisfy him or not. But any advice for him? So Tom and I played together for three days in the pro am out there, and I think if I could sum up Tom Brady in one picture, it would be on the sixth <laughs> hole where he drove the ball to the right, it looked like it was going to be, you know, I mean, it looked like he was over the cliff, right? You know, when he teed off, I think it's way to the right. And we get down there and he's standing over the cliff. And he's like, I think I see it. And he takes his club down there and he climbs over the cliff. I can only see like from about his shoulders up. Now it's 200 feet down into the rocks. And there's no way he survives this fall. And I'm looking at the greatest quarterback, our, our player, you know, I mean, Tom Brady's standing there literally on a goddamn ledge, ball <laughs> off the ledge, up, to the, up the hill to the sixth green. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, like, this is Tom Brady, like, number one, super competitor, is trying to hit this impossible shot. Comes pretty close to honestly dying and, and landing in the goddamn rock 200 feet below. <laughs> All in the name of competition and, you know, being the best he can be and taking whatever the situation is, wherever the wherever the ball lands, and playing it and hitting the next good shot. And I was like, man, when I saw him climb over the hill back on there, I'm like, just take a two-stroke penalty, man. Play the pro's ball. <laughs> now, they should have done Well, I, I – so I guess I guess you would advise him not to get too close to the cliff Man, in I'm retirement here. I, I was never more worried about Tom physically. Than I saw him standing <laughs> on that ledge trying to hit – not trying, hitting the ball up to the sixth green at Pebble with like a 25-mile-an-hour win too, I mean, just to make it interesting. I've done a lot of dumb things in my life. That was probably right at the top of the list. I mean, I've done a lot of stupid shit that I, I – I'm happy I didn't pay the price for that one, but that could have oh. been nasty, but uh, – it won't be a lot of golf. It'll be actually watching a lot of football because that's never going too far from my mind. And, you know, trying to – I love this sport. I love everyone, man, that, that came into my life because of it. Certainly Coach Belichick was, you know, right at the top of the list. So just thanks, Coach. You know how I feel about you. And I love seeing you out there coaching. And I think every coach in the world should take, you know, watch as much Coach Belichick as you can and learn because, you know, that's what – that's what they should do because if they want to see what a real coach can can do and what he's capable of and the consistency and dependability and the trust that you have in the people that you know coach you then there's nobody nobody I'd look for than coach Belichick. Appreciate that Tom. Coach thanks so yeah, much for joining us. Thanks, really appreciate Jim, it. Tom. All right Rob. 
Take it easy, bud. All right, Coach. It's going yeah. yeah. to be hard to follow uh, you up, but I'm going to try. Yeah, you'll top my rating. Uh, I'm you, not worried about that. you got more commercials than Peyton Manning now. I'm competing for Shaq. <laughs> I'm out of the NFL world. I'm, I'm competing for there Shaq in the NBA world now. You have the personality for it, Rob. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. What was it like to have this guy in the locker room? He sure kept uh, it yeah, loose, he didn't did. he, Coach? Yeah, between him and Light, I mean, we had a crew there. I didn't, I didn't get away. Didn't. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Oh, man. That was fantastic. I just interrupted. You're perfect. You yeah, got that's good. Coach Balichek. That was... Hey, you're not Peyton Manning. Wow, look at Peyton Manning. He grew his hair out. and He looks a lot better. <laughs> Way cuter. Way yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Hold on, I'm going to... Bluetooth is off. I don't know what that will do. I mean, it's really windy out. My car is, like, going back and forth. Oh, oh it's really windy out, though. Yeah. It's too windy out. All right. Oh. All right. I guess we're going to have to just deal with an echo. How are you, pal? Man, I was just on the highway, and I'm just such a good guy. You know, I'm paying my respects to Tom by pulling over. Oh. I almost just got in five accidents to get off the highway <laughs> to make sure I was on time. And But it doesn't matter. I was in an accident every single Sunday. Tom would light me up right up the middle. So if I got in, in a car accident, it would probably be less painful than the pain that Tom caused me throwing me up the seam. So. Yeah. Tom, Tom didn't provide an airbag, did he? The sick part is there's a little bit of that's actually true. My lungs were the airbags. Peyton Manny, there he is. Peyton would have let me, you know. Right down the middle of the field, without without a, he would have looked off the safety first and then <laughs> thrown it to me. I mean, since all the plays that Gronk caught, y'all got from our offense, Gronk. I mean, I feel like I was throwing to you in many ways. I have about nine thousand yards from Tom, so let's take about four thousand of those yards and put them on your stats. Let's do that. Yes. And I, yes. This retirement party has turned into a roast. It started with Bill Belichick. Gronk is continuing, and we're pleased to be joined by Peyton Manning, the great Peyton Manning. Thanks for joining us here on Let's Go. Thanks for having me, Jim. You're in retirement. There's no more respect to any opponents or anything anymore. It's just complete garbage talking now. That's what you got to do. <laughs> it's not like, oh, you know, he's a good player. It's no. You just throw your absolute best shot that you possibly can at the other person now. That's what it's all about. Yeah, like I just actually faced Peyton's brother, Eli, in pickleball. And how, why did he call me up to face him? Because I said he was absolutely trash. On, uh, on USA, on the, on the Today Show. Thanks for calling in, Gronk. We appreciate it, pal. Tom, you're a legend, man. Thanks, Robbie G. Appreciate everything you've done, man. Enjoy retirement. You're the best dog. And um, I'll see you around. I'll see, you know, we're both in the car and we're both with Fox. So I'll see you next week. See you, big guy. One of my favorite players of all time and a guy I looked up to, even though he's basically my same age, maybe a little older than me, but really set the standard for quarterback play that, you know, I – Every year would study him because in the end, I thought he was the best one out there. And I watched Peyton and admired him, the way he was a leader and the way he performed week in and week out for his team. And I uh, love that we have a friendship now. And uh, although he's never invited me to play golf at any of these, you know, 400 clubs that he's a member of and honorary members, I'm still waiting for one invitation at some point to go play golf. I mean, he basically invites everyone else except me. So, one of these days, I'm just looking forward to invite part of why I asked him to be on the show so he could invite me and, and reverse to to, uh, to be one of his guests somewhere. Well, uh, thank you for that introduction. I'm honored to be on. And, uh, hey, now's the time. I mean, I've waited uh, until you uh, until you finally retired. Now you have some time to play. Let's go. I'm going to be wearing you out with invites. Uh, 
Uh, so be oh, ready. Uh, be careful what you ask for. I know. Peyton, do you believe this retirement? You released the same statement that you did last year when he retired this time. Uh, do you believe this time it's for real? Well, um, I wrote Tom last year uh, a letter. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I've always said, Jim, a, a, a text congratulating somebody on their career. Uh, when you played 10 years is not enough. When you played as long as Tom uh, did, uh, it's certainly uh, not enough. So uh, wrote Tom a handwritten letter, um, and I just told him uh, the other day, hey, I'm not writing you another letter, right? That one counts for this year as well. So that's uh, that's all I can do. I can't, you know, pour out my heart and soul and, you know, you know, uh, write this serious, uh, heartfelt uh, letter twice. So, uh, uh, look, if it is, uh, it, it's certainly been an incredible run. If it's not, it it, is. Uh, uh, he's earned the right to, you know, do what he wants to do. But uh, it's been an incredible run, Jim. The the longevity, the continuity, the consistency, the goal to be better the next year than you were the year before. Uh, look, there's an old saying, you either get better or you get worse every day. You don't stay the same. I mean, Tom Brady truly got better every day, and that was his goal. Uh, look, he celebrated touchdowns. Uh, he was happy that he threw a touchdown. But after that, you saw Tom on the sideline figuring out, okay, uh, how are we going to do this again, right? And that's the right way to play quarterback. Uh, always uh, something else that we can be doing to be better. Jim Gray with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. We're here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by USAA. USAA was started in 1922 by a group of soldiers who made a promise to always take care of their own. And after 100 years, USAA is still serving the military and their families. Find out more at usaa.com slash 100. USAA. Tom, how much did Peyton's excellence and everything that he was achieving and how great Peyton was drive you? Oh, beyond. Uh, because he was in the AFC too. So, I mean, you were paying attention literally. We were the Patriots, but there was another team that you knew you were going to have to deal with at the end of the year. Because if you wanted to get where you were going to go, you had to go through and beat them. And I was paying attention every week, partly as a rival, but a lot in admiration, too. I'd watch him like, God damn, another 320 yards and four touchdowns. Like, does he ever not have one of those games? And I think when you watch him, you have an appreciation for it, you know, because it's hard to do. I mean, as we know, it's hard to do. But, you know, the guys that do it, you have – I know what – even though I wasn't in the quarterback room with Peyton in Indy, I knew what he was like. You know, even though I wasn't sitting there because you could, you just watch it. And when you watch the level of play and you watch the consistency and you watch every year his team is the best or the second best or the third best in the AFC, you know what it takes because you're trying to put in the same amount. And I think when you watch that level of performance week in and week out and Peyton's career is unrivaled in so many ways, um, you know, you just feel like you, you have a bond with someone. And then we've had a lot of opportunities going back to, you know, the first quarterback challenge that I ever played in Peyton was there. We got to hang out and then we spent time at different events over the years. And, you know, I just always love my time. I feel like there's very few people in life. You probably, who really know what you're going through, to be honest. And Peyton had a brother. I didn't have a brother, you know, but Peyton was someone that I always said, whenever I did get the time to talk to him, I valued it a lot because, uh, you know, just because who he is and what he meant to me and what he meant to the game. And, 
Uh, I just, I, I love the guy for who he is and what he's accomplished. And look what he's doing now. You think Peyton Manning was going to slow down once he stopped playing football? Peyton Manning's out here kicking ass and everything he's doing. And that doesn't surprise me one bit because that's, that's just who, that's, that's who he is. And that's in his nature. That's what he's going to do for the rest of his life. Hey, Jim, people forget that when Tom uh, uh, started out with the Patriots, I was still with the Colts. The Colts and the Patriots were in the same division of the old AFC East and, you know, played against the Patriots twice a year. And then when realignment happened because the Texans came in and thank goodness realignment happened. <laughs> so we got out of that AFC East and uh, went into the AFC South. But uh, it's almost like Tom and I stayed in the same division together. I mean, how many times did we play against each other twice, you know, once in the regular season, always in the playoffs. And I was trying to stress to our rookies. I remember we opened up with, with the Patriots in 2004, uh, uh, one of the years after they won the Super Bowl. It's always fun, Jim, when you, you know, watch a team play and they're, you know, dropping their banner, they're showing highlights of, you know, your four interceptions in the AFC championship the year before. After, you know, we play that. That was not accidental, okay? I, um, I know Bill and Tom, you know, coordinated the, uh, the video. But uh, I would tell our rookies in this opening game of the season, we have to win this game. This, this is the most important game. They're like, it's, it's opening day. What does it matter? We got 16 weeks. I'm like, no, if we don't win this game, we're going to have to come back here in January. And this is a tough place to play anytime, but it's really tough in the playoffs. And that was the approach when you played these guys. And uh, it was a division game. And I've never told anybody this, but Tom was a big reason why I decided to stay in the AFC after I left the Colts. I mean, I easily could have gone to a couple of NFC, NFC teams, but I thought, no, look, I played against Tom a bunch and the Patriots, and eventually you're going to have to play him at some point. Even if you go to the AFC and you make the Super Bowl, uh, you're probably going to play them. I said, you know, let me at least try to earn it in the AFC, you know, seeing them in the playoffs. And so um, I enjoyed those games. I enjoyed that rivalry. And so um, that was actually one of the reasons I decided to stay in the AFC in Chapter 2 for me. We're here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by American Express. It's so easy to get excited about going to a game. You love hearing the sound of the whistle, smelling those game day concessions from your seat. It's the stuff that reminds you of the thrill of the game, and you know that Amex is going to be there every step of the way because when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express, don't live life without it. When you have a rival, and and I was lucky, I, I, I knew Muhammad Ali quite well and Joe Frazier, and Joe Frazier was always antagonized because of the way that he was treated, and Joe Frazier... When Ali was in trouble, though, came to his aid. He came to his rescue, and, and he paid a lot of his bills, and he helped him. And then I remember when we were walking up the stairs at the Holyfield-Tyson fight, and Muhammad had trouble getting in the ring, and Joe Frazier walked over to me, and he said, who do you think won those fights now? So he never lost that bitterness. So my question to you guys is, you guys are the Ali Frazier of football for your era. You competed hard and you wanted to beat each other's brains in, but now you've become good friends. How did that happen? Well, for me, like, like, like Tom said, it started back at this quarterback challenge in the early 2000s and, uh, uh, you know, spent some time together then and then, you know, playing in some golf tournaments, uh, like Tom said, going to various functions together, 
Uh, he and I spent a couple days together um, at kind of a quarterback retreat, uh, just sort of talking about um, uh, how we stay ahead at the quarterback position, right? And, and trying to trying to grow and you know keep keep the quarterback position great in the NFL. Uh, so you know it's just that respect level I think that Tom mentioned earlier that was always there. Look, sure you wanted to win. Um, it was disappointing when you didn't win, but uh, but the respect was always there. Every game that I lost to Tom Brady, uh, though there is a handshake picture of he and I after the game. Uh, usually my helmet was on Jim when we lost. I, I took it off if we won. So anytime I see pictures of me and Tom shaking hands, I remember, oh, yeah, that was the 04 playoff game. I can tell. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, like that handshake was going to happen no matter what. And I think that just kind of shows the respect uh, the amount of times that we played against each other, uh, you know, the uh, the respect even grew. And, you know, and so my respect has been there, you know, from the get-go, what Tom did as a young player and how he just consistently got better throughout his career. I think, too, watching Peyton, you know, finish the way he finished was unbelievable. You know, in 2015 season, you know, all the adversity that he dealt with that year, injuries and a lot of stuff that happened that year and then ultimately rises to the occasion in the playoffs. You know, we played them um, and I knew it was our last time playing them and they ended up beating us in a great football game. One of the great games, you know, that, you know, one of the underrated great games that I've ever played, been a part of. And, um, you know, Peyton threw a couple double move touchdowns, uh, you know, through a little, who was that Tammy maybe caught a couple of those or, Daniels. Owen Daniels, Daniels. goddamn Owen Daniels, a couple times, and then goes on to, you know, goes on to the Super Bowl in San Francisco, beats Carolina, and then ends his career that way. And there's an incredible finish, and that's that's the way you would always hope to go out. And I think Peyton, like I said, he just continues to amaze me what what he's done now in broadcasting, what he's done, you know, in his professional business, in his personal life, um, you know, the things he does just to represent the game of football. And um, you know, he's just I've always I always look up to him as someone. I always think Peyton, what I really appreciate about Peyton, he always had the pressure on him. You know, in some ways I was pretty lucky. I got to come in pretty under the radar. You know, I was a late round draft pick. No one thought shit that I was going to do anything. Oh, it'd be a good career. Maybe I'll be a backup somewhere for a long time. And I got to really learn and grow and I found the right people. Peyton was like the top rated guy since he was born, you know, and (laughs) high school, you know, it it, was it Cardinal Newman. Was it Newman? The one Newman, yeah, Isidore, Isidore Newman. Newman. Yeah. Then he goes to Tennessee as the top recruit, and then he's the, you know, first pick overall. And man, that's hard. That's a lot of that's a lot of heavy shit to deal with. Dude. You don't have any room for error. You're always the bullseye is always on your back. And Peyton always said the right thing. He always did the right thing. He always handled himself the right way. And so did he know I was watching from afar every move. You know, I watched him every time he'd speak after a game. I was watching. He was the one guy that I wanted to watch. How's Peyton handling? What's how was he do it? And I think for me is another part of it. How do rivals help you grow? You watch and you learn if you're smart. You know, if you're smart, you pay attention to everyone who's at that level right there with you. And, you know, he's a uh, he's an amazing guy. He's got a great family. And, uh, you know, I just look forward to a lot more time together in the in the future if I ever get an invite to to a golfing event. So I'm looking that's, forward to that. That's the first time I think I've heard you say that it's a great family. Usually you exclude Eli in that. Well, Eli's a little different. I feel different <laughs> about him. In fact, I was very happy that Peyton <laughs> lost to Eli yesterday because uh, how does it feel to lose to Eli? That's probably one thing you and I can relate to. 
<laughs> I, I, I've been hearing about it all morning. Gonna you're suck. Up my text. You're, you're yeah. screwed. You got to so, deal with this shit for, for a long time. Me. Humbling day. <laughs> Humbling day for sure. Uh, Jim, going back to that to that last game that Tom mentioned, um, you know, Tom was technically kind of the first first guy that I kind of shared with, you know, that I was going, going to, uh, uh, you know, retire at the end of the season. You know, um, it wasn't definite, but I felt pretty sure about it. But I remember after the game shaking hands with Tom, just kind of whispering, hey, this is probably my last rodeo. It, it truly has been an honor and a, and a privilege. And once again, you know, uh, the reason I chose to, to do that then because it was right there in the moment. I could look him in the eye and tell him that it's different when you're calling him or, or texting him in March. Hey, I'm going to hang it up. Um, um, I did that in March. I, you know, uh, Tom was one of the guys that I called before to tell him, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to um, um, have a press conference tomorrow to announce my retirement." But I was happy that I got a chance to tell him uh, that in person because he was as much a part of my football journey as anyone and uh you know to kind of have that moment with him was pretty cool absolutely Peyton we're going to let you go but a final thought if we can Jim Gray with Peyton Manning Tom Brady we're here on let's go what do you what advice do you give Tom you went a million miles a minute pursuing this thing forever and then it ends and your your life abruptly changes no matter how much you can prepare for it mentally that physical aspect of not not doing it again when, when the fall and, and, and when summer camp arrives. Uh, what advice do you have for Tom, and, and what did you miss most that, that you had to get over? Just just seeing those those group of guys every single day. You know, for me, seeing, you know, Jeff Saturday and Dallas Clark and Edger and James in the locker room every day. Look, we still text. We're on a thread together. A bunch of us were in a fantasy football <laughs> league together. But you don't see him every day. And I think that is the thing that I miss the most. And I can't speak for Tom, but I know how important the locker room um, was to Tom. You know, the Patriots had a great locker room. Uh, the Bucks had a great locker room. That was a big reason why they won. And there's just a bond, uh, Jim, that it, it's hard to explain. Uh, being in that locker room, being in that huddle uh, with 10 other guys, when, when you got 85,000 people booing you and saying, you know, all these things about you, but it's just us in this huddle. Um, those are things that are hard to replicate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the advice that I got was don't don't chase trying to replicate those things because they really just don't exist, right? There's nothing like running out of a tunnel before a game and saying from Michigan at quarterback number 12, Tom Brady, that there's nothing Tom's going to do where he's going to get that type of introduction and – People are booing. People are cheering. You know, sometimes getting booed was actually better, right, Tom? Oh, it was. It was more fun. No, I'm about to beat you guys. I'm going to ruin <laughs> your night. But thank you for this introduction. So, but you enjoy these little quiet victories along the way, and these little completions. It, it's moments with your family. It's moments with your kids. It's uh, look. It's 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 a conversation with a teammate uh, that you haven't talked to in a while that you've kind of connected with and find out what he's doing. So there's still so many great things ahead. Tom's going to get a chance to see all those things and more. But uh, I think just realizing, though, just how special of an opportunity it was to play football and nobody played as long or as successful as Tom did. So uh, being grateful for the time that you had, uh, uh, that never goes away. Thanks, my man. Appreciate it. Tom, you're the best, pal. Appreciate it. 
truly. Peyton, we so uh, much appreciate you joining us here on Let's yeah. Go. Thank you so much. Thanks, All right, boys. Man. See y'all. Take care. Thank you, on. sir. All right. We got much more to come here on Let's Go. We thank Peyton Manning. That was just terrific. Our program, Let's Go, is brought to you by Bank of America. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, even football fans can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. What would you like the power to do? Member FDIC. Hey, Tommy, we got some folks coming up here. We got uh, your mom and dad, the people who love you most. Patrick Mahomes, Jack Nicholas, <laughs> Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey and Stedman uh, Graham. Yeah. A retirement edition of Let's Go continues. Stay with us. Negro Leagues Baseball Museum President Bob Kendrick hosts the SiriusXM original podcast, Black Diamonds. The Negro Leagues didn't care what color you were, and they didn't care what gender you were. Can you play? Hear stories of the leagues and legends that shape sport, culture, and society. That's why the museum is so important. It's like, we are never going to forget you. Episodes of the award-winning Black Diamonds are now available wherever you get your podcasts. We're not talking about balls and strikes. We're talking about your life. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady. Our program is brought to you by K Jewelers. Valentine's Day is almost here, and there's time to find a gift that means more without spending more at K. Shop online at K.com and pick it up in store. And celebrate every kiss with K. And I can't think of a better way to end this program than with the people who love you most. Tom and Galen, the original Tom Brady, senior, <laughs> mom and dad. How y'all doing today? We're doing great, Jim. Doing great, Jim. Nice to see you and nice to see Snake and especially nice to see our beloved son. Yes. He's looking awfully handsome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is a treat. Thanks, Jim, for including uh, us. I love having my mom and dad on with us and they've been a part of every moment up and down they it's what unconditional love is truly all about well tommy's pretty easy to love yes and, he has been and uh, it's been a joy and you know i was thinking this morning about um you know this whole his whole career and Sometimes I was thinking it's kind of like when you read a really, really good book and, you know, each chapter is different. You know, it's one chapter you cry, the next chapter you're, you're laughing and then you come to the last few pages and it's like, I don't want this book to end. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great story. And, yeah. you know, I feel like Tommy's career has been a really, really great story. And, you know, we've been, our family has been so blessed, you know, with, uh, with his, with his career and watching him play football and, you know, the excitement and it's kept our family, you know, so close together and, you know, for, you know, we'll be forever grateful for that. And, you know, people always say, oh, you must be so happy to see, you know, to hear that he's retiring and, um, and I think 
you know, we are happy, but there's also a sadness that goes with it too, because I loved watching him run on the field and, you know, his enthusiasm and, and yelling, let's go. And um, <laughs> it's, I think you're right, Jim, that's gonna, I don't think there'll ever be another TB12 out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, there will be certainly, uh, certainly a void in our life because not only has it been the football, but it's, it's been an, it's been an occasion for us on a regular basis uh, to have family and loved ones and friends all around us who would come to the games with us and be with us. And this, this has kept us close and to dear friends for 25 years. And, um, and while we may have missed some things, we gained far more in, as a result of, of having our friends come to the games and celebrate with us and celebrate and our, our family, our daughters and their husbands and our grandkids. And, um, it's hard to even put into context all the joy that we've gotten and, and the anticipation, the, the, uh, Go, planning to go to the games, the schedules come in and we, we plan our schedules out well in advance and know when we're getting there and we leave on Friday and come home on Monday. And it, it, it's, it's not like just, hey, going to a game. Our TV for 25 years has not been on any other channel than the NFL channel and ESPN because every game that he played in and every game in the league meant something. If even when he was in the AFC, we were watching <laughs> NFC games because we're figuring out who we're going to be playing in the Super Bowl. And in and watching the AFC games, we're, we're seeing how, how do we line up and are we getting home field advantage this year? And, you know, we've had home field advantage and been to so many conferences. Um, we're freaking spoiled and our TV is going to be broken because it has no other channels than NFL and, uh, and ESPN. They never missed a game. It's, yeah. it's astonishing. What I should have done is, is gone and shorted all the airline stocks. <laughs> there's going to be a serious uh, impact to the bottom line now that the Brady family and the contingent doesn't have to travel as much as they used to. And, uh, it's time for me to make some travels out west, which I'm really looking forward to to be to spend time with them. Jim Gray with Tom Brady. We're joined by his parents, Tom Sr. and Galen. We're brought to you by Golden Nugget Hotel and Casinos. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway, retreat weekend, or just a day of fun, Golden Nugget Hotel and Casinos offer the perfect destination for the ultimate getaway. Visit goldennugget.com to book your getaway today. Tommy, several people uh, wanted to pay tribute to your great career. Let's start with Patrick Mahomes. He's playing in the Super Bowl this week. What's up, Tom? I just want to say congrats on retirement. Uh, you had a hell of a career that all of us will be chasing for a very long time. I'm happy for you, but I'm just a little bit happy to see you go too. So uh, congrats, man. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the feeling. Thanks, Patrick. I know he knows how, how highly I think of him and had a lot of uh, different chances to spend time with him. And I love watching him play. I love, obviously, his style and his charisma and what he's, you know, he's a, he's all about the team too. And I uh, wish him nothing but the best. And he's got a big game coming up this week. These are the ones you remember the rest of your life. So I'm excited to watch him play like I always see him. The next up that wants to honor you is the man that you met with your father for the first time on the 18th hole of Augusta National. Here's Jack Nicholas. As a boy from Ohio State and you from Michigan, we've, uh, we've gone a little bit like this at, uh, 
with our schools, but I'll tell you one thing, I've rooted for you hard all through the years. I loved your 20 years at, with the Patriots and, and your, your last few years with, with, uh, with Tampa Bay and winning Super Bowls both places and the record you've had. A record I don't think is going to be matched. You're, you're in my opinion, the best of all time, and uh, I think that's a, that's a pretty good moniker to have. And uh, so congratulations, Tom. Wish you well. Hope our paths cross again soon. Yeah, so kind. And loved getting to meet Mr. Nicholas there with my dad. There couldn't be a better person than me with my fell in love with the game of golf because my dad and my mom and the the fact that we still get to cherish those memories together and to travel to the coolest places to get to play and share those memories is is that's uh you know, that's why you play the game. And um obviously to meet Mr. Nicholas uh at Augusta walking off the eighteenth green, probably after shooting about a ninety seven, unfortunately. Um but it was a, a, one of the great highlights of my life. Well, we had to have him on the program. He won Augusta National at age 46. Uh, you won a Super Bowl at age 43. He has the most majors. You have the most Super Bowls. So really appropriate to get uh, uh, Jack Nicholas on here with us. And we thank Jack. Uh, here's a guy who's been a regular guest. And we've known him for a long time. And um, he wanted to pay tribute. And he's a busy guy. And you'll see him quite a bit during the Super Bowl. None other than Snoop Dogg. <laughs> This message is for my good buddy, Two-Step Tom Brady. Congratulations <laughs> on your retirement. Let's celebrate. You did that. Can't nobody do what you did and can't nobody do what I do. So we might as well do. <sighs> do it up. Jim, you can join us too. <laughs> and you can use your imagination, but uh, no more drug testing. No more drug testing, Tom. So I guess uh, you can go hang out with Snoop. <laughs> That's right. Begin to experience all aspects of life that I haven't been able to have for a long time. We'll see how that goes. Uh, now, a man who uh, written so many books on on leadership and identity, uh, our good friend Stedman Graham, uh, who you speak to regularly, uh, sends along his his wishes. Here we go. Thank you for your determination, your perseverance, your dedication, and also your leadership. Enjoy your journey. Uh, best wishes to you and to your mom and dad and also to your family. Love you, brother. Thanks, Daddy. I know. What a great supporter and friend over the years and someone I look up to who does everything the right way and has his priorities right. He's got amazing integrity and uh, always seeks to help people. Um, one of the best listeners and one of the best people uh, that have given me advice in my life. And, and, and I love Stedman. He's just a special man. And we've got one more, and we'll wrap up the tributes and the uh, best wishes with this. Um, who would know better what it's like to step away from a glorious career um, and how, how difficult it is and what it takes? Here's Oprah Winfrey. Hey, Tom. Oprah here. I just wanted to say I understand so fully, deeply, what it means to leave something that is more than a passion, more than a job, more than work, more than a career even. It was you, it was you, you were it, it's your life. Um, I understand what it means to walk away from something like that and the courage it takes to do it, the thought that goes behind it, in it, all the way through it. 
and the meaning that it holds for the rest of your life. And what I'm wishing for, praying for, hopeful for, for you is that that meaning expands and deepens and rises in ways that you never imagined. And that now that you have laid down that part of your life, that you come on up to the rising of the rest of your life in ways that excite you, in ways that are unimaginable to you, in ways that glorify your being here on earth. Blessings to you. So kind and thoughtful, and it's hard to do justice to, to Oprah, but you know, I love my time spending with her, and, um, and I appreciate the advice, and the plan is to do just that. You know, hopefully my friend said, well, you kind of only work on Sundays, you know, your whole life and, <laughs> and, and allow people to cheer. Maybe they can cheer for the other days of the week, too. So uh, I, it's 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 there's a lot of fun things ahead, a lot of great opportunities to enjoy and share. And, and I'm excited to, you know, open my mind up to the possibilities of life as well with the right priorities um, and the right commitments to the right people and. Um, and I have that. I have a great foundation because of the people that I'm on with right now. They taught me about love, commitment, trust, loyalty, resilience, all the different aspects of life. And I had no two greater role models in my life than my mom and dad. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah. Very Love awesome. you so much. Yeah, we do. Love you. No Galen and Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Tommy, uh, you, you. we have one, one last announcement as we wrap up the program. Uh, you want to make the announcement or you want me to? <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. So I, can't do it. So I think you do. You're coming back. I, I know we just went through an hour of telling everybody you're not coming back. But uh, we're going to be right here on Let's Go for the next two years on Sirius XM. <laughs> so we look forward to uh, convening and our co-host, Larry Fitzgerald, will stay with us as well. We look forward to Let's Go and continuing here on Let's Go, Tommy. I can't wait. And thanks to everyone who uh, supports us and our serious family. And obviously, I want to thank my good friend, Scott Greenstein, of over 20 years, uh, a pioneer in the media business, and uh, one of my great friends, and Steve Cohen, who I've gotten to know over many, many years of him trekking up to Patriots training camp. And uh, we've had a great relationship as well. So thank you, guys. We appreciate the support. We appreciate our fans. And I look forward to many more fun years ahead. All right, Tommy. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. Terrific show here today. Thanks to all of our guests. It was great to hear you talk to Bill Belichick. Yeah, I know. Well, I always do. You know, he and I have a lot in common. We shared a lot of great memories together. And, and uh, you know, contrary to how a lot of people think we feel about one another, uh, again, I think there's amazing uh, mutual respect. And uh, that's how life should be. Life's too short for anything other than that. That's Tom Brady. He's our expert, and any athlete will tell you it helps to work with an expert for buying or refinancing a home. Your expert is an independent mortgage broker. Find one at findamortgagebroker.com. It's powered by the number one mortgage lender in America, United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, number 3038. It's licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Our thanks to our terrific producer, Dave the Snake Hagen. He'll be back with us as well. Snake, we love you, buddy. Great job. Production assistance by Harris Fabishoff and to our sponsors. Hertz, American Express, USAA, Bank of America, K Jewelers, United Wholesale Mortgage, Brady Brand, and Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino. 
Let's Go, presented by Hertz. Podcast with Tom Brady was produced by 199 Productions and Scratchy Productions. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we will talk to you again next week right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. XM Podcasts.